you want a marriage that not only is surviving, but that is actually thriving. And I say that because so many people have marriages and they think because they're not arguing, because there's no, you know, no drama, um, nothing overtly wrong, that their marriage is okay. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi, this is Kathy from the Rock Your Retirement Show. We talk about retirement lifestyle, and I'm so excited. I have Lorianne Davis here with me today. Lorianne has over 28 years of experience empowering people and couples to live richer, happier lives. I asked her to come on the show because she's the author of Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, How to Find, Keep, and Renew Love and Passion in Your Life, and as you know, part of my goal in having this show is to keep marriages together. So, Lorianne, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. So, tell me, what made you write this book? I wrote the book because I had had my own long-term relationship. I had been married for 28 years, and 25 of those 28 were phenomenal. You know, we had that kind of relationship that everybody looks at and says, I want to be like that. Um, Unfortunately, even in the best-case scenarios, though, my husband at the time um, went through some things, and that I kind of always leave it at that because I want to be respectful of him. But after 28 years, we went our separate ways. And I was thinking, you know, I was still young, young enough. Um, I had two young children still, and I wanted another amazing relationship. So I really started thinking about what made that first 25 years, it's a long time, so fabulous because I wanted to be able to do that again and I wanted to do it as consciously as I could and you know I've always worked with couples and worked with individuals so I thought well it'll you know come in handy for my work as well and a girlfriend of mine one day said you know you really need to write a book and you need to put this into a book and um, she told me about five or six times and I finally (laughs) quit telling her she was crazy and I wrote a book and, you know, use the same principles with me. I use them with my clients. Um, I'm now happily remarried to someone who's retired, by the way. Okay. So as we talk about, you know, keeping marriages alive in retirement, um, I'm living one of those. Well, then I'm so, so glad you're here because you're the perfect person to answer <laughs> some of my questions. <laughs> so Tell me, you had these 25 great years, you've got a great relationship now, and your husband is retired, and I don't know, were you married before he retired? No, he was federal law enforcement, and mm-hmm. if you know anything about federal law enforcement, they retire early. Right, and they have so high-stress jobs. Yes, when I met him, he had just retired. Um, was thinking, I think, about going back to work and doing something else, and through our getting married and you know my career, he's actually he laughs. He says he's a stay-at-home stepdad, but he does <laughs> help me with my children. But he does help me with my children, um, you know, while I pursue my career. So. That's awesome. So if I ask you any questions that you're not allowed to answer because of his privacy, please just let me know. But- sure. A lot of people, men especially, become depressed after retirement. Now, I know that you met him 
right after he retired, so you didn't know what he was like beforehand. Did did he experience any of that? You know, you're right. I didn't. Um, I think it's an adjustment for everybody, and I don't know that I would say that he was depressed. You know, he was. We were dating. We had this new relationship, so that might have. You know, that might be some differences. Mm-hmm. And then he moved in with us. And I still have two children that are relatively young. They're still in elementary school. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, I had them late in life. <laughs> so he has a lot going on in his life. So I think, you know, that we've had an adjustment in a different way than couples that I work with that have sent their children off, off to college. They've gone off. They have their own families. They retire. And now it's just the two of them. So our circumstance is a little bit different. Right. He had to adjust moving into a whole family. (laughs) Yes, he did. A whole new family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So we got that out of the way. So I have some other questions and it pertains to you, your clients, your book. And that is, what would you say the best marriage advice would be? Hmm. The best marriage advice is that you want a marriage that not only is surviving, but that is actually thriving. And I say that because so many people have marriages and they think because they're not arguing, because there's no, you know, no drama, um, nothing overtly wrong, that their marriage is okay. And from where I'm sitting, that's actually not the case. You really have to be working on your marriage consistently and making sure that it is continuing to thrive, continuing to grow. Um, We change as we go through life. We don't stay stagnant and neither should our marriage. So a marriage that is just okay, you know, because you're not arguing is really not okay. So how do I know if my marriage is okay? I mean, my, my husband and I don't argue. We both consider that we have a great marriage, but how would I know that? What are the signs? There are some different, there's some different things that I think are important. Um, and when I was thinking about this show and I was you know, really taking a look at my clients that are in retirement age that are dealing with this and you know, some of the things that I thought were important, there were some key elements that I sort of pulled out for, for your audience. And one of those is that I think in marriages, we constantly need to be reconnecting with each other. We change, we grow, life changes. If you've been raising children and all of a sudden they're gone, you know, your partner might be different than they were before you got so busy with jobs, careers, raising children. So we need to continue to think of our partner kind of as someone new and we want to be interested in them. We want to be constantly getting to know them on on a deeper level and, you know, who they are as they're going through changes in their life. So I think that's an important aspect is one of them. Okay, so reconnect, be interested in their lives. What would that look like? That would look like making sure that you're spending enough time together, that you're not assuming that you know your partner. So the next step to me, for me, is to kind of recreate. You want to make sure that you're always dating your partner, that you're talking about what are your expectations you know, for this phase of your life? What are your desires? What are your dreams? You know, how, what are you interested in? What are you interested in now that you weren't interested in a year ago? What do you want to explore? Those kind of things so that you're making sure that you're getting to know your partner and that you're continuing to stay connected at a different level. 
because we do, we change as we go through life and we need to be connected and dating that person consistently. Okay. So let's walk through a scenario. So let's say that I'm you know, pretty happy, not arguing. I sit down with my husband and let's say we watch television while we eat dinner and we don't really talk about dreams and interests and things like that. What would that look like? Like, let's do some role playing. What, let's say I'm your husband and you're you or vice versa. How would I, how would you bring that up? I might say something like, um, Assuming maybe, let's assuming the person's just retired, because we're talking about that, you know, and you said something about men sometimes get depressed. So if it was my husband who had just retired, I might say something along the lines of, first of all, I would turn the TV off while we were eating dinner. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> but then I might, say, I might say something to him about, you know, now that you're retiring, we have opportunities that we didn't have before. What are some of the things that you've been envisioning, that you've been dreaming about when you were thinking about retiring? What are some of the things that you'd like to do now that you couldn't do before, for instance? You know, you might also ask them, now that we have more time together, is there anything you've always thought that you wanted to do, you know, for us to do as a couple, but we didn't have time to do? What would that look like for you? Just sort of, you know, asking them some open-ended questions along those lines and see what they say. Okay. And what if it's different than what I want? Okay. So I'll give you an <laughs> example. Many of my friends are in the time period where their husbands are retiring and their husbands haven't really planned for what they're going to do when they retire. You know, they plan financially, maybe, but when they get to retirement, their their idea of what's going to happen is much different than their wife's idea. And many times I'll hear my friends saying that their husbands want to spend 24 hours a day with them. And they're not prepared to do that because they had a full bustling yes. life before that. So what do you do about that? Yeah. yeah, that's really common, isn't it? You know, men are all excited. They're going to retire. They're going to be home. And the wives are thinking, oh, my, right? You know, if you haven't spent 24-7 with somebody all the time consistently and you know that that's, that's not going to change, that's going to be it, that can really put that can really put a stress on a marriage. It's change. And change is stressful even if it's positive change. Even if both of you can't wait, you know, for you to retire, it's still a change. And so it takes recommitting to that marriage and taking a look at kind of what the possibilities are. And that's when you might have to sit down and renegotiate. He wants you to be around all the time. You know, it's okay to say to him, I am so excited about us being able to spend more time together. But, you, you know, realizing that I still have all these things I was doing before and I have my friends. And it's important for me to continue to have enough of that life of my own. What are some things you might like to do? You know, because if we're together all the time, you know, we don't want to be sick of each other. You know, I would joke about it a little <laughs> bit because that's sort of my style. But you would put it in your style. But sort of letting them know that they're really important and that you're looking forward to spending more time with them. But also letting them know that you have it keeping some of your own priorities and your own friends is equally as important. 
And then start brainstorming about what are some of the things you can do? What is life going to look like? Um, you might have to renegotiate chores. You might, you know, there's all sorts of things that you, I remember when my grandparents, my grandparents raised me. And I remember when my grandfather retired, he all of a sudden wanted to tell my grandmother how to cook. Now, she was a fabulous <laughs> cook and had been cooking for him forever. She'd kind of look at him sometimes and go, get out of my kitchen. You know, but it, I think he was just trying to be close to her. And eventually they renegotiated, you know, what that would look like and their sort of lives together. But I do remember in the beginning, I was still in high school, so I was still around. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of tension there at first. <laughs> Did she ever hand him the pan and say, show me, honey? <laughs> no. She, was, she, she wasn't quite that personality. Yeah, that's not the style. I don't think he would have known what to do. <laughs> he, he didn't know how to cook. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's funny because I probably would have just said, you're welcome. You know, if you've got a better way, show me how. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. I'm I waiting. might as well. Yes, yes, I might as well. <laughs> Great. Well, those are some good points on how to, re you know, basically sit down in a gentle way, tell your spouse that you'd love to spend more time with them, but also on the other hand, be firm in the fact that you do need to spend, you know, the, the time with your friends. And yes. that is, that is really, really good. So do you have any advice on what not to do? Any marriage advice on the negative? Don't, don't do these things. Yes, actually I do. You know, it can be tempting to go the opposite direction sometimes. So we've already hit on the maybe the people who, you know, the partner who might want you to spend all of your time together. So we'll finish up there first and say that that's not good as well. So it's not good to spend all of your time together. You do need some separate interest and some time away from each other so that you, you know, can appreciate the time that you have. But some couples will do the opposite. They will spend all of their time kind of, you know, separate from each other, just like they did before. And that's a mistake as well, because you have hit this new phase of your relationship. And so again, you do want to reconnect. You want to renew this relationship. You want to, to some extent, almost start over. You know, you're going to keep everything that was good. But honestly, a lot of people find that when they were so busy with their careers and raising children, that they kind of look at each other at retirement and go, oh, who are you, right? I, I don't know that I really know you. We don't have much of a relationship because maybe we weren't spending a lot of time together. So what we're going to do is just go our separate ways. But that's not good advice either because then, well, you know, I think it's obvious why it's not good advice. You know, you're not building that relationship. And so the relationship's just going to kind of become further and further apart. And what was holding you together maybe was the children being around. And that really opens the door sometimes for one partner to walk out of that relationship because they're missing. They're missing a connection. And maybe they might find it with someone else or maybe they might just decide that they really would like somebody in their lives. So spending all of your time and not dealing with that uncomfortableness maybe of figuring out who the person is and what you have in common again and sort of recreating a new life together, it's important that you go through that uncomfortableness if it is and actually do that. Great advice. Okay. Now, before we go to the break, you can either answer now um, before the break or you can answer when we come back. And that is, what if you feel that you've grown apart? 
Now, I know you've touched on that already, but what if you don't feel like making that reconnection? What do you do then? So would you like to answer that now or when we come back from the break? Why don't you take your break, and that would be the perfect thing to come back with. Okay, great. So we are speaking with Lorianne Davis, the author of Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, and we will be right back to answer that question when we come back from the break. Remember all those projects you put off because you were too busy? Now you have the time, but why aren't they getting done? Hi, my name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. So why are those projects that you put off until you had the time not getting done while you rock your retirement? Well, just because you have the time doesn't mean you'll actually do the projects. So here are three tips. Number one, give yourself permission to let the project go. Maybe you don't really want it done anyway. Or number two, can you do it with a friend? Is there someone else that also wants to get a similar project done in their life or in their home, and you could both be accountability partners to each other? Or finally, number three, give yourself a schedule and a deadline. Let's just get it done. Each year, pick one project that you are putting off until retirement and get it done. Give yourself an hour a day on your calendar and set the goal to be done by December 1st. You can do this. Check out the Organize 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. Okay, we're back, and we are speaking with Lorianne Davis, the author of Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about what to do if you've grown apart. So Lorianne, what kind of advice can you give us for that? Yeah, the first thing would be not to rush into anything. So realize that you haven't maybe put the time and attention into your relationship that you could have. Um, It's not uncommon for people to get so busy just trying to raise children, have careers, that they're doing the best they can. So it's probably not intentional, but if you've grown apart and you're not really sure, sit down and start dating each other again. I'm working with a couple right now that's been married a very long time, and that's what they're doing. They're dating each other again and really rediscovering who is this person? What are they like? So be curious, you know, actually set times to go date each other. Pretend that you're meeting each other new and you're learning about the person. Um, Remember some of the things, what were some of the reasons that you initially chose each other? So you might have to go back a while if you've been married a really long time, but go back and think about what qualities of that person initially attracted me to them. What are some of the things that I respected or liked about them through this marriage. So finding those positives, because chances are those things are still there and that's a place to start from. So you've got that sort of building block about remembering the good things. 
And then if you start dating each other, finding out more about each other, start talking about some dreams, some things you might like to do together. All of a sudden, you can start building a new relationship that's going to be not the same one you had. It's going to be a different relationship with somebody that might you might discover is even a little bit of a different person. But you know what? That could add some excitement and some spark back to your relationship, <laughs> which is probably a topic we should talk about. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Tell, tell. I want to hear about it. Tell us. So, so that's my, you know, I did four R's when I was thinking about this. So I talked about the reconnect, recreate, recommit. And the last one is renew. So you can't have an amazing relationship without intimacy and passion in your relationship. And so think about it when you're retired, there's no longer young children around unless you're in my house. Um, You're not (laughs) tired after a long day of work, you know, so you've got this time together. So what better way to kind of get to know each other again, to renew that relationship than to add some more intimacy into your routine and some more passion into your relationship. Think about dating, think about flirting, think about sort of, you know, enticing your partner again. Um, That attraction, you can get that back, you can build that new. So that is an important part to really keeping a relationship healthy, keeping it strong. I do realize that as people get older sometimes that, you know, how that relationship that intimacy and that passion that how it looks might be different for different people, but that's where, you know, you get creative and you're intimate and passionate in whatever ways work for you as a couple. Okay. So that sounds like really, really good advice. So are are you saying that like, what if they don't have any ideas on how to, renew that intimacy? Are there books that they should be reading? Or does your book talk about that? I do talk about it in my book. I talk about making it a priority. So that's one of the things that I think I love the idea that if you're dating somebody as if you're dating them all over again, go back to some of the things you used to do when you were young. You know, how about before you get out of your car and you've gone to dinner? that you actually sit in your garage or in your driveway and you actually spend a little time kissing, you know, pretend that, you know, that you can't just rush into your house. And so start doing those things again, you know, leaving each other little flirty messages on the person's pillow. Um, My husband and I even text each other from upstairs and downstairs. Sometimes I will get little flirty texts and, you know, and it's really exciting. It's fun. He's upstairs, I'm downstairs working, you know, or maybe I've gone off to a meeting and I've left the house or something, but, you know, he's flirting with me and that needs to never stop. So again, it's that whole pretending you're dating. What did you do when you were just starting to date? You know, maybe spending some time making out, you know, like you were kids (laughs) again. Um, I love it. It sounds silly, but it can be fun and it's kind of exciting. So what if you just add more playfulness to your relationship? So if you're watching a TV show, where are you sitting? Are you sitting in separate chairs? If you are, sit on the couch and sit next to each other, right? You know, so that you can be snuggling. Um, Pause the TV and stop for a kissing break. You know, it's like, what do you do during commercials? Are you kissing? Are you making out during commercials? (laughs) I mean, no matter what age you are, 
you can do some of those things that can add that spark and that passion back to your relationship. So have fun, be playful with each other. I love it. Awesome advice. Thank you. So are you saying that you should drive up to Lover's Point and make out at night? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's safe. You know, that, that, may, you know, that may not be so safe anymore. Kind of think in your own garage. But whatever works for you. But I noticed that what will happen a lot of times with couples is that some of the things that really keep us connected, remember that when, way back when, when you first met and you had all those hormones going, you know, you just, you were looking at the other person with these rose colored glasses. A lot of that, let's face it, was hormones. So we can do that again at all stages of our relationships. If we make it a priority and if we continue to connect with each other, but we get into these routines where, you know, we give each other these little pecks on the cheeks, you know, when we're kissing each other goodnight or kissing each other goodbye, or we forget to hold hands or we forget to give each other, you know, really long, snuggly, intimate bear hugs. Um, There's some research that even says that next time you're going to kiss your partner, hello, goodbye, good night, whatever the kiss is going to be. Instead of that quick kiss, actually kiss them for a good 10 seconds. And what will happen is the hormones actually start going in your body. You're starting to release some of those hormones that actually make you feel closer to your partner, those bonding hormones that we had in the beginning of the relationship. So if we're trying to bond with our partner again, you know, more hand-holding, more kissing, more hugging, more intimacy, more sex, if that's, you know, as long as that's something that's okay physically for you to do. Those things create bonding hormones and will actually cause you to argue less, to, you know, see the positive in your partner more. You'd be amazed the difference that can make in your relationship. But those are some of the things that as time goes on, we kind of forget to do. You know, it goes by the wayside and we become more like friends sometimes than intimate, passionate partners. And we need to get that back. So kiss more and peck less. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. I love it. Put intention in it, right? I mean, actually hug and kiss your partner like you really care about them, like you really love them. Pretend you haven't seen them in, you know, a week or two, you know, and, and add more of that to your relationship. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Um, how do you know when it's time to go see somebody about your marriage? Like you've given us some great advice, but what if that's, you know, what if, what if it's not enough to read a book or whatever? How, how do you know when it's time? Yeah, a lot of times having the information, I was talking to somebody the other day and this woman happened to be telling me that she'd spent all these monies on books and, you know, downloading courses and nothing worked. And she was just very skeptical. And I said, well, the component that's missing is the coaching. You know, that's why there's coaches is having somebody actually help you through the steps, helping to hold you accountable. So when you say you're going to do something, you know, do you follow through with it? Um, Helping you find what's, what are the roadblocks for you? You know, what's stopping you from being successful? And so having that person to coach you through that 
can make all the difference between whether it's successful or it's not. So you can try. Try first. You know, try some of the suggestions that you hear, the things that you read about. And if you're trying that, but you're really not feeling like you're making progress pretty quickly, because the longer you try and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, once somebody gets to that point where they've given up, it's very, very difficult for a coach or a therapist or anybody else to bring that person back. I mean, it really is. So the sooner, I always say, the sooner you get help, the better. So if you're trying a few things and you feel like, you know, we just, I just don't feel like this is going where I want it to go. It is so much quicker and easier and really cheaper in the long run to reach out to somebody and get some help because that person might, and even in just a few sessions, really help you to make the progress that you're looking for. As opposed to, you know, a, a marriage ending is is just um, costly in in numerous ways, and that's not something that we ever want to happen if it's all possible. If at all possible, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so there's one last question that I'm dying to know, and you might not have an answer, or you might. Hopefully, I will. And that is, how do you give marriage advice to a friend, or should you? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> if if you have some training in it and you're really confident about the advice that you're giving, it's okay to give advice. But here's what I can tell you. Um, I can help friends. I, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, I was a, a licensed mental health counselor um, for many, many, many years before I became a relationship coach. So I have, I have, 30 over 30 years experience behind me and when I when my friends will start to talk to me and I try to give them advice what I can tell you is a lot of times they don't listen to me that whole you know a friend telling you to do something is so different and they know that I know what I'm talking about but they still won't take it (laughs) a lot of times you know and I never give advice to anybody unless they ask for it that's sort of my you know my rule I don't mix business with friendship but but be careful because family and friends, they, they're taking what you say and they want what's best for you probably, but they're looking at it through their own filter and the advice they may be giving you may be good advice, but it really might not be good advice. So I would always caution somebody to take advice from friends and caution people to give advice to friends because you really, you really could cause them more harm than good. So it it could be well-meaning. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a story of when I learned how to ski, okay? So my boyfriend had tried to to teach me how to ski with no luck whatsoever. And he was, you know, he was a really good skier. But when I went to a professional and actually paid somebody and learned how to ski that way, I was skiing within one day. So... (laughs) It's probably yeah. very similar. It's very difficult to take certain advice from friends or family, whereas if you actually are, I don't know what it is about shelling out some cold, hard cash, that you're more likely to take that advice. Would you find that to be sh- true on your end? I do. And, you know, coaches are, you know, we're trained. We're trained to help you with action steps and hold you accountable to those. 
so we have that training behind us when you say you're going to do something and you know that you've got to, you know, connect with us again and report, you know, how it's going. You're much more likely. That's why athletes hired coaches way before coaches were popular, you know, in the way we're thinking of them now. But the Fortune 500 CEOs hired coaches and athletes hired coaches because they knew that they would be more successful and would follow through if they hired this coach. So yes, you're more likely to follow through, but you're also going to get, you're not going to get advice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, I'm going to help you discover what's right for you, but I'm not going to try to tell you what to do. So that's the other piece to that is that, you know, your friends, your family, they're trying to give you advice, trying to tell you what they think is best for you. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to help you to discover what's right for you. So you're more likely to follow through with it because it's really coming from you. It's your idea. It's what, you know, I'm going to give you some tools and some tricks maybe um, to help you along to decide, but it's going to come from you. So it's something that you want to do and that you think is right for you as opposed to, you know, somebody telling you something that might actually hurt your relationship instead of helping it. So coaches don't give marriage advice. They help you discover it for yourself, but then they hold you accountable. Yeah. Okay. At least that's what they're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like to thank you for writing the book. uh, And um, the name of that book, again, is Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, How to Find, Keep, and Renew Love and Passion in Your Life. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Today's freebie is the secrets about retirement that your broker won't tell you. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, you can go to rockyourretirement.com forward slash secrets. Um, Laurieanne, is there a way for my listeners to contact you? Yes, there is. Through my website, there's a contact button, there's social media, there's, you can read blogs that I've written. There's lots and lots of information on there. And it's, it's my name. So it's laurieannedavis.com which I'm assuming my name will be on your, on your podcast. Oh, absolutely. And Lori is spelled with yeah. an I. So, um, yes. But yes, it will be in the show notes as well. Lori Ann, thank you so, so much for coming on this show. I'd, I'd like to thank you because keeping marriages together, especially after retirement, is so important. And I really appreciate all you do. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you. And for the listeners, we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue 
for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.